Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Good morning, friends. Thanks for joining us today for Everyday Truth. So grateful for each and every one of you, and I just love it. I love it when I'm preaching here or there and get a chance to meet you firsthand and uh, put a face with a name, and I really do uh, genuinely appreciate your love for the Lord and your love for the Bible. And I'll say this, if you're listening to this podcast and you have a question about, I'm not sure that I understand what it means to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I'm not sure that I I understand all of what it means to be a Christian. We would love to talk to you about that. You can contact me at kurt.skelly at gmail.com, and I would love to talk to you about what it means to be a Christ follower, uh, to know that you're saved and on your way to heaven. Uh, that would be a wonderful thing to know, would it not? And so you might just be listening and wondering, and it's great to have a heart for the Bible, uh, but wow, when you trust Christ as your Savior from your heart, there's a new level of understanding that you can't even imagine you'll get. Why? Because the Bible says the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. In, in many ways, you look at the Bible and say, that, that, that doesn't make sense or that seems foolish. But when you know Christ as your Savior, when the Holy Spirit of God, the teacher, the author of the Word of God lives inside of you, then the Bible takes on a whole new panoramic meaning. And I hope that, uh, I hope that you'll take my offer and contact me if you're questioning what it means to know Christ as your personal Savior. Have a postcard today from Ponca City, Oklahoma. And this is from Caitlin Ramey. Caitlin, thanks for sharing your heart in this uh, postcard. Uh, Caitlin is a mom, and she and her son, Joel, who's eight months old, uh, listen to the podcast every day. So Joel might be our youngest listener, maybe. Maybe you have a younger one out there. But I love uh, Caitlin's uh, attitude. She says, we have this picture in our home of Ponca City it just reminds us that we have, this is our mission field, our Jerusalem. And I hope that you feel that way about your city, your area where you live. Caitlin, thank you for that. We are in Mark chapter 10 today, and we're beginning our reading in verse number 35. So let me just bring you up to speed. In in Mark chapter 10, uh, last episode, we, we kind of left off with Jesus stopping the twelve on the roadside, on their way to Jerusalem, knowing that I'm going to go there and die. And they're going to mistreat me. I'm going to be wrongfully accused and arrested and indicted and delivered and mocked and scourged and spit upon and ultimately killed. But I will rise rise again. So Jesus is reiterating the, 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 the necessity of of dying. And he's been telling his disciples this over and over again. They've been reluctant to receive it. Why? Because it just doesn't fit 
their preconception of who Messiah would be. They're, they're looking for a king. They're looking for a physical, a political, an economic deliverer. And uh, Jesus is not going to be those things yet. Now, of course, we know that Jesus is coming again, and certainly the millennial reign of Christ will be a reality, and Jesus will inhabit that throne or occupy that throne, and and we will see him in all of his glory and kingship. But here he's coming as as the suffering servant, the the, the one to whom John had pointed, the Lamb of God, that will take away the sin of the world. And they're just struggling to understand all of this. Remember, they're amazed on the one hand, but they're also afraid. And there's this tension, not only in the air, but in the hearts of these disciples. So Jesus has now again, very pointedly and prophetically, I might add, re-taught, reiterated what he has taught them over and over again. So did they get it? Well, look at verse number 35. Let's see. And James and John, the Bible says, the sons of Zebedee. Sometimes they're called the sons of thunder. Why? Because they have a, a big personality. They, they are ready to fight. They're ready to call down fire from heaven. Remember when they were upset with that Samaritan village that didn't allow them to stay there? Uh, James and John. Uh, the, the fishermen, the partners of Peter and Andrew. So James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came unto him saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. Now, what, what a statement. So uh, many believe that James and John were the physical cousins of the Lord Jesus. I happen to believe that. Uh, but be that as it may, they feel like they have special access to the Lord. So they come to Jesus. They call him by the respected rabbi title, master or teacher. And they said, we want you to do for us what we want you to do for us, which is always kind of a an open-ended thing. I mean, it's like going to somebody and saying, hey, listen, I need you to do something for me. And my answer is always, well, it just depends on what it is you want me to do for you. So they feel as if they have this special access and maybe even permission to receive from Jesus what others do not. Now, you have to admire their willingness to come. You have to admire, I guess, to a degree, their audacity. But they come and say, we, we want you to do something very special for us. Now, what's interesting is if you'll read a parallel passage, you'll read that not only did they come, James and John, but their mother came and said, hey, I would like to make a request for my sons. Now, I've talked about this a couple times in the course of our study, but remember that the disciples were young men. And and I believe that, that James and John were probably teenagers, certainly John. If you look at the lifespan of John, and if you assume that the book of Revelation was written in the 90s AD, which I believe uh, it was, then John must have been a very young man. And it was permissible uh, back in Bible days for a a young man at the age of 15 even to go follow a teaching rabbi. So understand that these are young men full of testosterone and uh, they they have a ladder climbing mentality. And so they're coming to Jesus saying, we really want you to grant us this big wish, this 
big desire that we have. What is it? Look at verse number 36. And he said unto them, what would ye that I should do for you? Okay, fellas, what is it? Now, of course, Jesus doesn't ask questions because he needs answers. <laughs> Jesus knows. He knows their heart. He knows uh, their pride. He knows their level of misunderstanding. Uh, but he wants them to verbalize what is it that you're asking for? And can I just say this? Sometimes when we come to the Lord in prayer, uh, we come to the Lord in prayer. Our prayers sometimes reveal our lack of understanding. Sometimes it's through the process of prayer itself that we realize that the requests we're making are not requests that the Lord can answer because they're not according to his will. They're just a reflection of our own carnality, a reflection of our own willingness to consume it upon our lusts as James taught us in James chapter four. So watch what the answer is. Guys, what do you want from me? Verse number 37, they said unto him, grant unto us that we may sit one on the right hand and the other on thy left hand in thy glory. What a request. Now, why? Why would they be asking this? Because they're still operating in the scope of their understanding of who Messiah is. Now, Messiah is going to be a king. And as a king, he's going to sit on a throne. And on that throne, he's going to have people that are his next in command, uh, the people that share his glory with him. And we want to make sure that we have the ultimate position in the kingdom. We want to be on the right hand and on the left hand. Uh, the right hand, of course, would be the the greater position, but the left hand is right there. We want to be flanking the throne of the king in the kingdom when Jesus comes in his glory. Now, John in particular would know a little bit more about this. Why? Because John had seen Jesus in his glory. Remember the Mount of Transfiguration? Remember Peter, uh, James, and uh, John up on that Mount of uh, Peter? Yes, Peter, James, and John. I I'm sorry, James and John both would, would, would know this because they were with him uh, on that Mount of Transfiguration, and they saw it. So they said, well, we want to be on, on either side of you. Now, remember on the Mount of Transfiguration, who was with Jesus? <laughs> Elijah and Moses. And so they, they really want this prestige and this honor. And wow, they're just kind of misunderstanding, aren't they? Because Jesus had just taught them that my road is the road of suffering. That what awaits me in Jerusalem is not a throne, but a, an execution place. I'm going to be killed there. But they somehow are just not seeing it. Such is the strength of our preconceptions that even in the face of very specific teaching that is counter to what our preconception is, they're still not getting it. That they, they are still not getting it. So how, how will Jesus lovingly deal with this request that cannot be honored that is not in concert with the teaching that Jesus has given, what will be the answer? Well, look at verse number 38. But Jesus said unto them, ye know not what ye ask. 
Can ye drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And Jesus is speaking metaphorically. In other words, do you really know what you're asking? Do you really want to be with me? Do you really want to share in my glory? Because if that would be the case, then my road is one of suffering, of death, of shame. Do you really want that? I mean, if you want glory, do you want do you want the way to glory, which is the cross? If you want up, do you want the way of up, which is down? If you want this notoriety, do you want the road to notoriety, which is suffering and shame and misunderstanding and mocking and beating and cruelty and spit being spit upon? And do you really understand what you're asking for? You 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 want the benefit. But you don't want the, you don't want what gets what ultimately leads that way. So you see how Jesus is clarifying. Verse number 39, they said unto him, we can. They were just full of their pride and full of their ignorance. Oh, yeah, no, whatever it takes. No, we'll do it. And have you noticed how easy it is in life to make those knee-jerk decisions? Uh, will you follow Jesus? We will. You know, let's have an invitation. We'll come forward. We'll kneel down. I have decided to follow Jesus. How often do we make these knee-jerk responses like, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm all in. We can. And yet they couldn't, could they? Because when push came to shove and the day of decision came to embrace the shame, to embrace the cross, they all Matthew 26, 56, they all forsook him and fled. Jesus said in verse number 39, Jesus said to them, ye shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of. And with the baptism that I am baptized with all shall ye be baptized. No, guys, you will taste of this one day. You will learn uh, that the road to glory and identification with me is a road of suffering. And James became the first martyr. Remember Acts chapter 12? And John became the last one to die of the disciples, but tortured, boiled in hot oil. And so they did indeed learn, did they not? Verse number 40, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. It shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. Guys, you're not asking the right questions. Now, one day God will reward according to his will, according to uh, his plan. Our job now is to be found faithful even in these days of misunderstanding and suffering. So I hope that helps today. We're going to stop right there in verse number 40, and we'll look at how the others respond to this request that James and John make, but you're going to have to I'll wait till next time. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.